0: Welcome to Stuff from the Science Lab from HowStuffWorks.com.
2: Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast. This is Allison, and you're listening to Stuff from the Science Lab.
1: And I'm Robert Lamb, science writer at HowStuffWorks.com.
2: Today's podcast comes to you courtesy of listener Pastor Robert. Pastor Robert wrote us from Western New York. Pastor Robert wrote that he and his wife are starting their first worm composting bin, aka vermicomposting, and he and his wife have found the process, quote unquote, fascinating. The pastor requested a podcast on the science of composting, something to listen to on all of his long drives, which I have to wonder, is he counseling people, I guess? Is that what a pastor goes around doing? Well, he may be
1: pastoring on the side, and like,
2: maybe he's a country doctor and he's delivering babies. I'm thinking
1: he drives the big rigs. And like he, like he chats with people like at truck stops. You know, people are down on their luck. And maybe
2: their, he marries them too.
1: Yes, yes. The people who are truck down stop on their weddings. Lock.
2: Right, right. So today we're going to talk about composting. Are you a composter?
1: Uh, yes. Uh, uh, my wife and I are composters. We've been composting for, uh for a while. I guess ever since we got our house. Um. So far, so good. Yeah.
2: How's your humus?
1: Um well we generally eat all of it instead of put oh that's hummus <laughs> i think it's doing pretty good yeah we um we are we are not like super like strict militant composters um which i think is right off the bat i need to stress like composting is not something you should be afraid of if you just jump in and do it we're going to right go... you can
2: take a lazy fair yeah. approach to composting or you can be super uptight about it
1: yeah it's like it's it's how how However, you want to approach it. Basically, you can get crazy with it, or you can ease your way into it, and you know, see what fits, you know, for you. But yeah, we're we're more along the lines of yeah, we're following certain guidelines. Um, you know, the, but I'm I'm in researching for the, this uh, podcast. I've learned some things like whoa, I haven't been composting that. I could be composting, you know, cat hair. I didn't know we could put that in there. So well,
2: don't blow it all. Oh, okay, we'll get to that in a sec. Spoiler yeah i'm a huge gardener but i have to admit we haven't composted as of yet but part of that i think is because we're in a rental but as you will find out that is no excuse because you can compost indoors
1: Ooh, busted
2: yeah totally so let's get into some reasons why you should compost
1: okay well um
2: the obvious of course
1: yeah the obvious is whatever you're composting is not going into the garbage can and that's nice i mean that breaks down on so many levels you're not dragging it out You're not wasting, uh, you know, extra garbage bags. It's not being, uh, picked up by the garbage men. It's not contributing to, uh, to the, the emissions by that garbage truck. It's not taking up room in a, in a landfill somewhere. I mean, it just.
2: The landfill's not generating X amount of methane and leachate from that refuse. And then lots of landfills don't have a ton of life left in them.
1: Yeah, there's not. So
2: let's drag these puppies out as long as we can. Yeah, let's,
1: let's be reasonable about it. Yeah. Why? Why throw away an entire orange peel when you can just throw away the little sticker? Well, you can probably even recycle the little sticker. I don't know.
2: My three-year-old likes to peel them off and stick them in random places around the house. Lately oh. in the bathroom. How
1: do you know where your oranges came from?
2: Well, she does it after we oh, eat the okay. oranges. okay. Good. She saves for- and sets them aside. Uh, there's also the fact that some towns have paper throw. We do in um, in Georgia. There are towns that th- that have paper throw. So you have and to they- pay um, per garbage bag.
1: Also, if you actually... You know, use your compost for anything, uh, such as putting it into your garden. I mean, your, your soil is going to benefit tremendously. I you mean, it, eat it up. yeah, I mean, it's important to remember that soil is not just dirt. Soil is a living thing. You know, it's just filled with all this life and, uh, and you're just contributing to that when you, when you feed it all this lovely compost.
2: Yeah, especially down here with clay soil, heavy Georgia clay soil, mm-hmm. it breaks it up, uh, gives it better aeration. It adds great nutrients, which you were pretty much just saying. And the soil also uh, helps to retain water uh once you add
1: yeah and it can really make a difference like not too long ago we uh, like a few months ago we took our compost that we've been building up and we put it all in the garden and like everything just like brightened up
2: Really? Yeah, yeah. I heard it compared to plant steroids yeah. essentially if you add some of that And then and you never
1: know it. what's going to grow. You're like, "Whoa, avocados are growing in our yard." <laughs> like just because we composted a bunch and we've got like I think some cucumbers sprouted out. Some people call those volunteers. So <laughs> You know, they're they're weeds, but they're weeds you could potentially eat.
2: I read about a cantaloupe sprouting in a compost bin from Oh
1: wow. The-
2: yeah, so that's that's kinda major. And here's something that I really hadn't thought about. It it can also decontaminate soil. Again, according to the US EPA, the composting process can absorb odors and treat semi volatile and volatile organic compounds, including uh stuff like heating fuels, polyaromatic hydrocarbons, and even explosives.
1: Yeah, that's very, that's a very important thing to keep in mind when you're, if you're trying to to decide to start composting, because a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want the smell, I'm just going to have a heap of garbage in my yard. Well, it
2: doesn't smell if yeah. you do it right. Yeah,
1: it doesn't smell if you do it right, and it's actually going to cut down on the odors.
2: Yeah, so let's talk about some of the basic uh, ingredients slash steps behind composting. Okay. You got to have some waste, preferably organic.
1: Yes. If you're not, if you don't eat food at all, <laughs> or shed hair, et cetera, then. Or
2: read newspaper.
1: Yeah, then, then composting is not for you. Yeah. Even clothing. So.
2: Yeah. So first step is to gather your organic waste, whatever it may be, whether it's like the newspaper, leaves, grass, fruit, vegetables, kitchen waste, anything.
1: Grass clippings. Yeah.
2: And then you have your two basic categories of compost material. You have the green, um, and that's high in nitrogen. The stuff that's going to be fast to decompose, um, like kitchen waste.
1: Yeah. like Like lettuce that fell on the floor or got a little too icky to use in the salad.
2: I've heard the green material also uh, referred to as, quote-unquote, juicy.
1: Juicy. Okay.
2: Yeah. And then you have your brown compost material. And this is stuff that's going to be slower to decompose, like wood. It's going to be high in carbon, and it's going to be dry.
1: Yeah. Like a a good example of this um, would be um, wine corks. If they're wooden wine corks, you can compost those.
2: Well, what's some other stuff that you can compost that perhaps you didn't know about? Was it was there anything on this list that we're just about to read to you?
1: Uh, yes, you, you want me to mention the ones that I was not aware of? Yeah. Tell okay. Me. Well, the human hair uh, and by extension <laughs> cat hair, I was not aware of because I like if I end up like taking the brush to the cat, we end up with these big hunks of orange. It's like tumbleweed. Fir. Yeah, it's like each one the size of a, a young kitten, and uh, and I've just been throwing that in the garbage. I didn't even think about. Oh, Robert. Yeah.
2: That's terrible. Now, um, are you going to go home and pull the hair from your hairbrush and go s- march straight out to I'm the compost I'm just going to go bin? home
1: and just shear the entire cat in <laughs> compost.
2: What about cotton rags? I had no idea.
1: Uh Cotton rags. I'm not sure I'd use cotton rags for anything. What, what do you use a cotton rag for? Like, is it like for cleaning around the house?
2: I guess. Well, uh, yeah, that or maybe, um you know, when you're buffing the car or something. Because, oh. you know, I like to do a lot of car buffing on Saturdays.
1: Or like, if you're doing a mummy costume for Halloween, right? And you get a lot of cotton material. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, Dryer lint. Did That's, you know that you can compost? That dry is another
1: lint? one that I have not been doing.
2: And vacuum, uh, vacuum refuse yeah. from your Roomba.
1: Most of that is pet hair, so those two, uh, those two go uh, go together.
2: And then you also have probably stuff that you guys know about, like tea bags and coffee grounds and filters, even yeah. paperboard. Um, the key with paperboard, though, is that you want to tear it up much smaller. Don't just hawk your cereal boxes in the compost bin.
1: Yeah, we haven't been doing the paper. I guess, I mean, we use paper recycling, so I, I never even think about composting it, but, uh, but definitely on the coffee grounds with the, well, with the filters. We just throw the, the filters in the coffee grounds in there, and that seems to work great.
2: Now, how do you feel about eggshells? Do you put eggshells in your composting pile?
1: Um, yeah, we do now. Um because like the people that we had heard say, Ooh, you shouldn't do it, we're talking about like if you're growing a food garden. Mm. And we don't grow a food garden. So And is
2: that because they think there's fear of salmonella?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's what that's that's attached to.
2: I've heard that some people actually wash their eggshells before adding them to uh, the compost bottle. Really? Either that or they bake them. There are various methods. It so. seems
1: like you, you, with that, you get into issues of like, well, how, am I wasting water to wash the eggshells that I'm putting in the compost or <laughs> yeah. or the electricity or gas to fire up the oven? I don't know. I, I leave those questions to you guys.
2: I also saw that you could uh, compost blood, which kind what? of cracked me
1: Who's <laughs> composting blood? No, that's, no, you know what that is? That's how you make, um, I, w- I would not do that. Because that's how you make uh, a homunculus. If you look back, you know, a homunculus is like a little, like in medieval magic and the occult, this is the idea that you would make this little, like, grotesque little humanoid. Oh, okay. And you'd have to use ingredients that are a lot like compost, like, um uh, like there'd be, like, some manure in there and, you know, some other stuff and, and then, like, you would throw in some blood or some other bodily fluid, so. so like,
2: save that for your homunculus, don't put it in yeah, the compost. Yeah, yeah.
1: Composting blood, you're just gonna get homunculi all over the place. Uh, if you ask me. <laughs> I mean. I'm just saying beware.
2: Hey, what's the name of that um, Jewish um, sort of figure? Oh, that's pe- a, a golem? Yeah, a golem. That's what I was thinking yeah. of the whole time. I think talking.
1: most composting um, <laughs> efforts are going to be golem-free. That's <laughs> that's a more of a high magic, I think. So.
2: so what's some of the stuff that you shouldn't compost? I think you guys probably know these, but your dog's business, for example. Yeah. Which is kind of a bummer, especially if you have a dog, because what else to do with all of that business except, but... Why wouldn't somebody throw the dog's business in there? Because pathogens, right?
1: Yeah. But yeah, it would be so easy if you could, right?
2: Yeah, it'd be great.
1: Uh, also, uh, one's own business should not go in there. <laughs> and, you know, granted, every now and then you're like, oh, man, the bathroom's occupied. Can't I just go out and take a dump in the compost heap? No, you can't. That won't work at all. Not, I haven't done that, but, uh, but you know.
2: Right. Then you have stuff like mayo and peanut butter, use cat litter. <laughs> Don't be doing that, Robert. Dairy products. Anna
1: well the ironic thing is the cat just goes out and uses the restroom all over the yard anyway so it's in effect she's composting
2: great good work, cat meat
1: you, you shouldn't compost meat <laughs> which uh, this one this one comes into play like if if you're like us, and you have like several different bins where different things need to be composted or recycled or Mm -hmm. or garbage. And, uh, and you try and label them and then you have people over and like, then they have no idea where anything goes. And then like, after everyone goes home, you're like picking like raw meat out of your compost. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. So yeah, don't compost your meat. Don't, don't compost dairy products like yogurt. Can't compost that.
2: No, not so much. Do you know that I had a friend uh who dated this guy once who didn't believe in throwing things away in the garbage can Anything? he just he he would just throw stuff away on the he would just throw stuff on the ground what and then eventually, maybe like once a month or' something you know they would they would do a sweep, but he didn't really in the house, yeah, in the house, I'm not kidding,
1: oh, did he go into like open one of those chains of restaurants where you throw the peanut shells on the floor <laughs> It seems like the same basic principle,
2: yeah. I was just thinking of that.
1: Like banana peels, just whoosh, on the ground. I know, that's an
2: instant calamity. Yeah. So, what else do you need besides your organic material? We, we went way off tangents, but we will get you back to the composting process, people.
1: Um, well, on, on a very simple level, you just need some sort of, re- generally, you need some sort of receptacle for in house composting. Unless you, you know, because if you, you peel a banana, you don't want to be like, oh, I got to go walk out to the heap. Well, you can get
2: a composting crock.
1: Yeah, like, a, it's like a little cookie jar, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we have. Just, it's like, it's nothing fancy. It just looks like a little cookie jar, but woe to the child who reaches in there expecting an oatmeal, <laughs> uh, oatmeal raisin cookie.
2: I've had my eye on a uh, composting crock from <clears throat> Crate and Barrel. Mm-hmm. It looks very nice. And yeah. it comes with a, a filter, so no odors. It's a little bit more complex than your average cookie jar. It's kind of a sweet system. And again, you can, I think you can put maybe up to a week's worth of, um, Food waste in there, and then save yourself all those trips out to whatever dark corner of the yard you have your uh, your bin in.
1: I have a I have a friend, um, uh, Becky Streepy is her name, and uh, she's always trying out like new uh, composting options. Mm -hmm. And for a while there, she was going through uh, like different uh, yeah different little composting bins for the kitchen. And I think some of them worked really well, but like Mm -hmm. one or two really did not work and had some odor problems. So you know, find what works. Shop around.
2: Yeah, there are a lot of options. We'll cover some of those options. Like one had a little
1: spigot on the bottom where you could like drain compost water out or something. I don't know.
2: I think they call it tea. Tea?
1: Yeah.
2: Some of them have called it tea.
1: Compost tea. Not the
2: tea you want to drink. So you're going to need some soil too, right?
1: Yeah. That's, and you're going to, so if you have like, even like a little bit of a yard or something, that's probably going to help out a lot.
2: And the soil is beneficial because it has all those lovely microorganisms that make their home there and they'll help to break down those particles. You can even add finished humus, I read. And that comes jam-packed with micro-orgs already available.
1: Oh, yeah. It's like, um, um, yeah, yeah, we actually used some of that on uh, on our compost at one point. It just, like, speeds up the process. Uh, you're also going to want water, of course. Um, aim for, you know, moist compost. You know, don't soak it. Don't just turn the hose on it. Um, too wet is bad because it can stifle the airflow. And uh, and it cuts down on the process um, and you end up with it uh, smelling.
2: Yeah. Speaking of the air, um, you're gonna want to stir your compost pile, and depending on how uptight you are about your composting, or how how much you really want it to compost fast, you're gonna get out there and stir it up. Or maybe you have an automated compost pile where it, you know, kind of rotates it for you. Yeah, one some, of those spinning ones. Yeah,
1: those spinning ones are awesome looking. Ours is more like there's a lump of stuff in the backyard, and you need to get in there with a the rake and start hitting it. But
2: yeah, you're gonna want to have an optimal uh, carbon to nitrogen ratio and everything i found said it would be about 30 to 1 I've, I've, I've seen it lower to maybe 20 to 1 but um
1: yeah we're i this is an area of composting where i'm i'm not quite advanced enough to where we're we're doing any math on it
2: and you're going to want heat too you have to keep it hot enough saw one source that recommended 131 degrees fahrenheit for three days to destroy weed seeds and plant pathogens it's good if it's hot, right? Because that means that things are happening, the microbes are reproducing, mm-hmm. they're getting excited, just stuff's decomposing, right? And you can buy a compost thermometer if you're so inclined to check the temperature of your compost to make sure it's, you know, generating the heat if you can't tell.
1: Right. This is also why, uh, my understanding, is there's some uh, industrial composting uh, um, machines, and they actually like heat everything up, uh, which speeds things along.
2: Yeah, indoor composters come with an electrical heating unit. Oh, cool. Yeah, pretty cool.
1: So yeah, there's this little thing called hot composting, which, uh, isn't as sexy as it sounds, but it's still pretty cool. Um, <laughs> according to a tree hugger, uh, hot composting occurs when, uh, compost stays above 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and so you, when this happens, you get a more active process.
2: Um, getting out, you're stirring the organic waste. Yeah.
1: Um, so you, you need to make sure that you have your composting bin in a sunny spot for this. Um, And that's why uh, you'll generally find uh, that composting uh, bins are black or green because you want them to absorb that solar energy, not uh, deflect it.
2: Right. So cold composting happens at anything at temps below 86 degrees Fahrenheit, according to Treehugger. It's more the lazy man's composting technique. If you can't get out there every day, no big deal. That's fine. But just don't expect your finished product to come out that fast. Yeah.
1: And again, stress stress it again. Like, don't. Just compost, you know, just, just, just do it and let your involvement, uh, level, uh, you know, be whatever becomes comfortable it should go.
2: I was curious as to if it had any, uh, effects on people's health. And the one thing I did find was that, um, of course, a compost pile is going to have a pretty high population of, you know, various molds and fungi. And so that can cause allergies in some mm-hmm. people that are prone to them. So if there is somebody in your household uh, that has such allergies, have them wear a mask, or better yet, do it yourself and don't make them do it. Hmm. But then again, you do have sealed system, so perhaps that would be more the answer.
1: Yeah,'. Of your now, ally. we have had uh, occasional scavengers show up. The only like twice, I can remember, one was when we threw some pizza um, crust in there. And it was like huge pizza crust and like, we saw squirrels. Was it your neighbor? No, no, it was squirrels. <laughs> Pulling but a
2: George Costanza? No,
1: the, the squirrels were like raiding the, uh, the compost for the, for the big, gigantic pizza crust, uh, deal. Like it's, the pizza crust, uh, was as big as the, the squirrel. It was just running along with, <laughs> with it. Um, and then, the, the, this was weird though. At one point, we had like done like a, we'd just gotten this new grill, right? And we were doing like a veggie, grill thing there was no meat involved at Uh this point uh like new grill just veggies right grilled up these veggies and we you know we were we were already composting and so the the refuse went to the compost we had a possum show up in the middle of the night did he knock on the door no no but the thing is he didn't even mess with the composting he was there was like a tiny little grape tomato in the bottom of the of the grill and the possum was like was furiously trying to get into the grill to get that little tomato instead of going into the composting so i don't know what that's about
2: my dog always tries to get into our grill too. How
1: about the composting? Do the, does the animal mess with the? Because dogs are a little more like, yeah, I'll eat a rotten tomato, where cats don't care about that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, dogs would, my dog would definitely be interested in the compost pile. So let's take a look at the compost food web. Let's get into a little Ooh, of the science yeah. behind it.
1: I was really astounded when I looked at uh, this chart of uh, all the things that live in there, because I, I just, I guess I never look at it too closely. I see flies on it, you know, but mm-hmm. I don't go rooting around in there for, you know, nematodes.
2: <laughs> so, on the bottom level of your uh, food web, you're going to have your organic residues. That's just your waste that you're going to hawk mm-hmm. in there.
1: Yeah, and then you're going to have your first level consumers. Uh, you know, these are the guys that get in there early and eat the uh, organic waste. So, this includes fungi, bacteria, uh, snails, nematodes.
2: Stuff like ectinomycetes, too.
1: Yeah, and what are the, the so bugs? Sowbugs.
2: Sow bugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Flies, beetle mitts, uh, white worms. All sorts of good stuff. So those are, those uh, form the first level, and then you have uh second level consumers, right, that mm-hmm. feed on those guys. And this includes uh protozoa, nematodes, uh mold mites, springtails.
2: Is that your favorite one? Or where's your favorite one you, that you had pointed out? Didn't you like the pseudoscorpion?
1: I did like the pseudoscorpion. Where does the pseudoscorpion, pseudoscorpion
2: filled uh fit into this whole scenario?
1: Um well, he kind of looks like a a cross between a scorpion and a flea, and he's like one to two millimeters long, apparently. So what does that make? He is a oh he's a second and third level consumer.
2: So what does that mean? Uh,
1: that-, that means he eats the uh, such things as the uh, protozoa and the nematodes. So you have a whole ecosystem right there in your compost heap. That's yeah, that's pretty, pretty awesome. cool. Yeah. Like people talk about oh I you know I don't know about getting a pet um, I don't know about getting composting you, if you get composting you get pets millions of them. There's even each a, other.
2: <laughs> There's even a Carl Rove beetle. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. It's just a Rove just beetle. Just a Rove beetle.
1: Yeah, but other third-level uh, consumers include live centipedes, uh, ground beetles, ants, and, you know, ants will feast on all sorts of this stuff. Um, but, you know, any of these lower invertebrates.
2: So we've already kind of hammered at you that you should just compost. And... By hammering, I'm, I'm hammering it out at myself, too, because I already have admitted that I, I do not compost, but I will be composting pretty much the second I get home, I think. Oh, excellent. So there are all sorts of bin types, whether you live in New York City or whether you live out in the hills of western New York. So there's small scale, there's those composting crocs that we talked about, but those really aren't completing the whole composting process. They're more kind of a... a like boat. a
1: base camp for a yeah. compost mountain. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Right. And then you have your indoor kitchen composter. And like I said, these have got their act pretty together. They have filters. You can get composting bags. They come with electric heating, perhaps. Um, and you can even add handy microorganisms to help stuff along.
1: Wow. Those are remarkable. I, I really wasn't familiar with those. I'm that not product. sure how
2: expensive they are.
1: Uh, probably more than a cookie jar.
2: Yeah, probably more.
1: Um, yeah, then you just have, you have outdoor, you know, simple low tech uh, pile. Uh, wood bins, you know, uh, you, you know, basically just pile. Well, like the ones we have are basically consist of like, it's like six stakes in the ground. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a kind of a fabric like, uh, it's almost like a tent without a top, cylindrical. Mm-hmm. And you just dump the stuff in there. And then when you're, when you're done, you can just remove the, uh, the cylinder and you have the big pile of compost. That's cool. Yeah.
2: Small I really package. W- I really want that, um, the pig composting bin that I afforded you—did you see that one?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. The it, the ro- the roly pig composter.
2: Yeah, it was pretty awesome. We saw it on peoplepoweredmachines.com. dot com. It was sweet, but it's kind of pricey. Yeah,
1: it's basically like a big barrel, right?
2: Yeah, but it was divided into sections for mm-hmm. each of the cycles of composting, and you feed your organic waste into the snout, and it comes out the pig's bottom.
1: Oh wow! So you learn. clever! Kids can learn a little bit about how composting works and how pigs work. Yeah. Yeah, and there's some really cool ones that look like, uh, you know, amusement park rides or like alien spaceships. Um, <laughs> the, there's a, like the, the ones that have like a frame where you just like spin the barrel on it, like those are great. Like yeah. I, 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 I envy those. Um, but then there's some where it's like, it's like a ball made out of different pieces and oh, it's, you, you can, you can buy like the Cadillac of composting bins or you can just go with something really simple and, and low cost. It's the, Really, wherever you feel comfortable.
2: And there's also worm composting. We haven't mentioned that yet.
1: Ooh, that's pretty cool. This is a great alternative for people who don't actually have that yard. If you're like in an apartment and maybe all you have is a, like a little, uh, little balcony area or a, um, right. So fire don't skate. put a nice,
2: nice chair out there or a nice flower
1: pot. Put yeah. You're your not going to sit out there right? anyway. I mean, how, you know, you right.
2: They're tiny. Yeah. Just put your composter out there or put it in your laundry room. Although I'm guessing if you live in a tiny apartment, you may not have a laundry room.
1: Yeah. Put What'd it put? in your bathroom. Yeah, it's it's a bathroom. Let the
2: worms live in the bathroom. Exactly. Yeah, so a can of worms, uh, this was one of the models I saw. It was maybe, it was over $100, and then the worms, extra worms, were $55 for a thousand.
1: Wow, you can't just go down to the bait store and...
2: You probably could. Yeah. But the benefits of worm composting, you get those awesome worm castings, which your plants and the soil will love. You get liquid worm fertilizer. Ooh. And I read one reviewer actually called the um, the liquid fertilizer organic plant steroids. It's one of the best things you can do for your garden.
1: So when it comes to composting, uh, the residents of San Francisco are ahead of the pack. Uh, as uh, our own Jessica Toothman goes into uh, in a 2008 article, uh, according to... Um SanFranciscoEnvironment.org uh, hundreds of thousands of residents and over 3,000 restaurants and other businesses send over 400 tons of food scraps and other compostable materials each day to Recology's Jepson Prairie Composting Facility Yay, the,
2: San Francisco! Yeah. Um, What's the end result?
1: Uh, the, the end result is uh, used to uh, produce the organic food and wine that San Francisco is famous for serving
2: so if you have any composting stories you'd like to share, send us an email at science stuff at Yeah,
1: and if you're, and if this podcast inspires you to start, let us know how it goes. Um, and while you're at it, uh, you can always drop by the website and uh, search up uh, any number of uh, of uh, composting, recycling topics.
2: Yeah, we love dirt.
1: Yeah, lots of green topics covered on the site. And uh, oh yeah, and uh, we have a Twitter and a Facebook account now. We sure do. Yeah.
2: Stuff from the science lab.
1: Yeah, or just lab stuff. Do a search on either of those terms, and that'll lead you right to us.
2: So that's all we got. Thanks for listening, guys. For more on
0: this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more How stuff Works? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. work.